Jesus, we thank you that you are good always, that your love never ends and never fails, and that it has nothing to do with us other than the fact that you love us. So may you move, may you work, may you have your way in us. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and feel free to take a seat. If it's your first time with us this Sunday, my name is Landon, and I'm one of the uh, team members here uh, with Restoration Church, and I'm thankful to get to share this morning with you. Uh, We are going to be starting a new series this morning on Sabbath, and we will be in this series for the entire month of September. And this morning, our passage is going to be Genesis chapter 2. Uh, verses 1 through 3 primarily. So if you have a Bible, we would love for you to turn there. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. A really quick side note, if you have already signed up for one of our uh, Sabbath uh, practice groups, hopefully you've been contacted already to let you know that we are starting next week, but you will be contacted by your specific group leader this week before your meeting time uh, to give you more specifics. We ended up having to split a couple of the groups because a lot of people have signed up, which is what I like to think of as a good problem, but it's a problem nonetheless as we, as we make adjustments, but one we're happy to have. And so that's delayed our communication a little bit, but you will uh, be provided with more specifics and information uh, this week. So you know. On, on Friday, I was uh, working on, on today's message and reflecting and studying on this, this topic of Sabbath. And on Fridays, my wife Chelsea works. She's a nurse, so she was gone. I, I was working from home, so I'm in our, our bedroom trying to, to focus and work. And, and Lily, our babysitter's there. My three kids are there kind of doing school. And, and my youngest, uh, who just turned four, for, for some odd reason, ended up having this, this meltdown. He usually doesn't do that on Fridays. Uh, he loves Lily. Everything's great normally, but he just lost it, and he's just crying. I want my mommy. I want my mommy. Over and over. And I'm in, I'm in the next room trying to just focus and pay attention, and that's not going well. At this point in the week, like, it's Friday, and I'm tired. Chelsea's worn out. The kids are still figuring out this whole new online school rhythm thing that we are not great at. And so everyone's kind of just worn and thin and we're, we're trying to figure it out. And then my, my daughter Sianna decides that the, the best thing to do at this point is to go and open my door and to let me know what's going on. To which Lily says, oh, daddy can, daddy can hear. I'm like, yes, yes I can. But I, I bring Ellis in and we talk, I put him up on my lap and, and we have this, this conversation. He finally calms down and I say, hey bud, do you know what tomorrow is? And he goes, Thursday. Not quite close. Today's, today's Friday, so what's tomorrow? He goes, Sunday. Not quite. Let's try it again. Today's Friday, and it's, so tomorrow's not Sunday or Thursday. What is it? Thursday, Mike. All right. Let's try this a different way. Tomorrow is Sabbath day. 
And at this point, he's got tears in his eyes, and, and he's just, just struggling with life that morning. But then he just gets this, like, literally, you can see it in somebody's eyes at, at different times, this just glimmer of joy and excitement because it's going to be Sabbath day the next day. And I say, we're going to have a great day. Mommy and Daddy are going to be home the entire day. We'll wake up, and we'll go get donuts, and we're going to read together, and we're going to play, and we'll go on a walk. And whatever you guys want to do, we're just going to have great family time, and it's going to be a beautiful, wonderful Sabbath day tomorrow. And he goes, okay, Daddy, okay. And then he, then he still has these, these tears in his eyes, and he, and he looks at me kind of slowly, and he goes, tomorrow, when it's Sabbath day, Dad, I'm going to have a great attitude. But today is not Sabbath day. <laughs> and I'm like, that's valid. I feel you, bud. Eventually, he, uh, he got it together uh, and went, went back out and played. But there's this, this longing somewhere deep in our soul for this, this thing, this idea, this time, this concept, this gift from God that is foreign to us, that we were made for and actually need, and, and something about it we like long for, but we are, we are afraid of. And it's this, this Sabbath thing. I, I used the, uh, the old proverb or story, however you want to think about it, a, a month ago or so of the the guy who is in the midst of a flood, and he's probably going to drown at some point. So a rowboat comes by and says, hey, hop in. We'll save you. He goes, nope, I got this. God's going to save me. I have faith. So the rowboat leaves. And then a motorboat comes. Hop on in. We'll save you. No, I don't need saved. God will save me. I have faith. Great. Then a helicopter comes and lowers a, a, a rope and says, climb on up. We'll save you. I don't need saved. God will save me. I have faith. He gets to heaven. And in heaven, he's kind of mad at God. And he goes, God. I had faith. Why didn't you save me? He goes, I sent a, a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. Like, that one's kind of on you. You didn't have eyes to see or ears to hear. And I think, I, I know I shared that a month ago, but that is just so appropriate for us in Sabbath. I, I hear a lot of your stories. I certainly know the, the longings and desires of my own heart and my family, and I hear prayers, and, and we talk about life journeying through the broken and the beautiful. And so there's, there's things and needs that we have. We think about our political climate. You think about people's physical health, marriages in turmoil. You want connection with your kids. You're exhausted or anxious. There's division. Whatever it might be, there's these things. And we bring them before God and we go, hey, God, can you please provide something? Can you work and move and have your way? And I think he's said, yes, I have. You just haven't listened Every now and then, my, my oldest loves pizza, specifically from Pizza Hut. And uh, she'll go, Dad, can we have pizza for dinner? And as I'm saying yes, as I'm saying yes, she will ask again, Dad, can we have pizza? And I'll say yes again. And as I'm answering again, she'll say, Dad, can we have pizza for dinner? And I just have to go, just stop talking, please, for just a minute. Because if you would just listen for just a split second after you ask, you would know I already said yes. You just keep asking. You don't pause to reflect and see what's already there. And so you might go, what's the, the big deal with Sabbath? Didn't Jesus already say it kind of doesn't matter? That was just a, an old law, one of the Ten Commandments that's not relevant anymore. And I'm convinced for us, for people who are joined as we follow Jesus together through the broken and beautiful, that Sabbath is one of the most important things, gifts, and commands that God has provided 
And again, and again, and again, and again, we say, God, we don't actually think that you're that smart. I know you've kind of said this, but I don't have time. God, you don't understand American culture. There's a lot of things that I have to get done, and I have to move up on this ladder and this career decision, and my kids do this and that. And we go, God, you just don't kind of get it. There's no time. And he goes, well, I'm answering your prayers if you just have ears to hear. John Mark Comer in his book, Garden City, writes quite a bit about uh, Sabbath. You're going to hear a lot from, from him today. I'm still like right now figuring out what the sermon is going to be because there's so much to say. And my soul is literally like screaming and exploding within me with just like one concept that God is so good and he's reaching out, extending his love to us and we just reject him again and again and again. Like if there's one takeaway, it's we have to stop rejecting him because his love is good and we need it. We just need to embrace that. John Mark Homer says this. He says, the creator God is inviting us to join him in this rhythm, this interplay of work and rest. And when we don't accept his invitation, we reap the consequences, fatigue, burnout, anxiety, depression, busyness, starved relationships, worn down immune systems, low energy levels, anger, tension, confusion, emptiness. Then he says, you can eat concrete. It's not sin. It's just dumb. You can skip the Sabbath. It's not sin. It's just stupid. And I think that's just like kind of funny, but it's really appropriate. And I think for most of us that have no concept of Sabbath, we kind of eat a lot of concrete. doesn't make much sense but we keep ignoring God and his love and what he's offering. And I think it's time for us as a church to step into this gift of love and time that he's offered. I, I think for, for so many of us, Sabbath is just a, a really foreign concept. And so I've just wrestled with how to convey what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best at saying, here's some of the ingredients that, that make up the, the cake of Sabbath, if you will. I'm going to give you five parts, I think, today. We'll just kind of see how time goes. But one, Sabbath is submission to God's design. Two, Sabbath is a devoted time. Three, Sabbath is a gift and a command. Four, Sabbath is a declaration of hope and good and peace in the midst of a chaotic and sinful world. And lastly, Sabbath is somewhat of a, a software and hardware update for us as humanity. So I'll, I'll break down each one of these a little bit at a time, or I don't know, maybe we'll stop at three. We'll just see how it goes today. First, Sabbath is submission to design. Let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. God's already created the world, and then he describes what happens next. We read this. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. So God, as creator, designs the world, and he says, here's, here's how life is going to work. There's the sky, there's the seas. 
here's where food is going to come from and how animals are going to function. I'm going to give you eyes to see with and arms to grab things with, legs to walk with, ears to hear, a nose to smell. Like I'm designing, creating, architecting, and engineering what life will be like. And, and part of that design, he says, here is Sabbath. There's this gift I'm going to give you every seventh day, a period of time that is just good. It's just God's design. And when we submit to his design, we remember that we are the created and not the creator. We are really, really quick to forget that, that as creator, he is the designer. We can argue with God all we want. He gives us that freedom. It just never goes well. And so Sabbath is simply just wise because it's a submission to his design. We talk often about how Jesus is trustworthy always, no matter the moment. The moment that Jesus isn't trustworthy doesn't exist because he both knows what is best for us and he wants what is best for us. And so in his knowledge and in his desire for what is best for us, he says, here is Sabbath. Do not miss this gift. Number two. Sabbath is a devoted time. Let's, let's look again at this passage. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. I want to read that verse one more time and really key in on two words here. God blessed the seventh day, and declared it holy. God blessed it, and then he declared it holy. This is the first time in the scriptures that God looks out at a part of his creation, and he says, I am setting this aside as something holy. The the scriptures are going to talk a lot about different things, times, places, whatever, that God makes holy. But the very first one, and any time in the scriptures that there's a first, it is significant. Here's the first time God says, this is holy. John Mark Comer says this about that. He says, this is intriguing. You would think that after creating the world, God would make a holy space, a mountain or a temple or a shrine. After all, every other religion has a holy space. Islam has Mecca. Hinduism has the Ganges River. Paganism has Stonehenge. Baseball has Wrigley Field. But this God does not have a holy space. He has a holy time, the Sabbath. This God is not found in the world of space, in a temple, on top of a mountain, at a spring, around a state, or a monument. He is found in the world of time. How crazy is that? And and this is part of the issue with these things we have called buildings that we go into churches for, and we do this thing on Sunday called church. That's why we again and again and again say church is a people who and not a place where. God does not exist in that place or a myriad of other places on a Sunday morning that we call church. Think about that. How crazy is this? The almighty God of the universe says, I am going to declare a time holy, and he blesses it. He goes, listen, if you want to be near to me, The the almighty God, I can provide anything I want to. I can create everything that is good. All good things come from me. Here is a time that is blessed. It's set apart. It's holy. Come in this moment 
And simply put, it will be good. That's what God says. Come here and now in this time, set it apart, honor it and embrace it, and it will be good. That is foreign to us. In our culture, we don't have that. We don't have a space to enter into to understand God will be there. We think of a place. And, and so I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but we get to these places in, in life and we, we cry out that why God question. Why this? God, can't you just meet me here? Can we just have a conversation or talk about it? Why do you have to be distant? And what he said is, you're just getting it wrong. Read it and see. I'm in this time. That doesn't mean he's not with us the rest of the six days, but he especially promises to make this time holy and blessed. I think that's a promise that we ought to take seriously. I don't think that the day, I don't believe the day of the week actually matters. I will say this, though. I think a 24-hour period of time is essential. It's just being honest with our biology. Again, God designed us in a specific way. And so when he gives and then later commands Sabbath, he intends 24 hours to be taken. It's kind of like if you uh, go on a vacation that's too short, and on like the last day before you leave, you finally rest and relax and breathe and, and feel present and start healing and restoring, and then like that night you got to think about packing up and going. If we do any less than 24 hours, it does not give our system, our body, our spirit, our relationships enough time to rest and be with God. There's a devoted time of 24 hours for Sabbath. Number three, Sabbath is a gift and a command. Another way to think about it is this. Sabbath is a gift that you've been given, but it's a gift that you need. You can reject that gift, but there will be consequences of rejecting something that we actually need. In Genesis, God designs it. In Exodus, which I want to turn to now, God actually begins to command Sabbath. Uh, some of you are going to be familiar with the, the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Interesting side note, you've probably never recognized this. Sabbath, of all ten of the Ten Commandments, is the one that gets by far the greatest and most significant description. The most words are given to this command of Sabbath. Let's, let's go ahead and read in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. God proclaims this to his people, like we are, his church. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the foreigner who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Here's, here's an important sentence. You can imagine what he's going to say next. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. He said, here is a time for you to be with me, to delight in what is good, to be restored, to embrace your humanity and me as creator. God commands it as he's preparing a place and a lifestyle for the nation of Israel. He says, follow these rules. They're good for you. Not to, to just have a list to see if you can keep it, but because they're the best life for you. Israel doesn't, though, as we know. God commanded again later. They ignore him again. 
They ignore him, and as a result, they pay the consequences. They have unhealthy, like really deeply unhealthy family situations. Their commerce and business and industries are a disaster. That Their country literally just falls apart, and then they're overtaken. And, and God actually says this. We're going to turn to uh, Ezekiel chapter 20 now. God actually speaks to the prophet of Ezekiel to God's people, okay? And he tells them one of the main reasons that you failed as my people. Again, remember, you and I are God's people now as the church. He, he looks at God's children, his people in the eye, and he says, one of the main reasons that you failed, that you experienced the suffering and pain, that your relationships were not good, that you were overtaken is because you did not keep the Sabbath. Not as a rule. It's not that you broke the rules, but I gave you something you needed and you rejected it. Think about that. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 through 21. Pay attention to, in this passage, to how Sabbath, in the midst of other commands and rules and regulations, gets special attention. You start to recognize, as we study Sabbath through the scriptures, that it was important to God. Ezekiel 20, 18 through 21. Then I said to their children, God is speaking in the wilderness, don't follow the statutes of your fathers, defile yourselves with their idols, or keep their ordinances. I am Yahweh your God. Follow my statutes, keep my ordinances, and practice them. Keep my Sabbaths holy, and they will be a sign between me and you, so you know that I am Yahweh your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not follow my statutes or carefully keep my ordinances. The person who does them will live by them. They also profaned my Sabbaths. Something happens in this moment. Israel, for one of the, the first times, has this, this change, this transition. Now they have ears to hear. They go, okay, God, we hear you this time. It's been a long time and we've ignored you, but you're saying take Sabbath seriously, so we're going to. This is a, a really important rule. We are not going to mess this up again. And so in time, Something new is created called the Mishnah. And it's, it's not God's written law, the scriptures. It's an oral law where they added literally 1,500, 1,500 new rules and regulations. And here's the idea. They said, we failed as a people because we didn't keep Sabbath and these other laws. And so what we're going to do is create other laws, kind of like a fence around those laws so that we never even get close to breaking those rules. It's kind of like this. I, I tell my kids, hey, when, whenever you cross the street, we have a rule. Look both ways and make sure there's no cars coming before you cross. The, the equivalent to what happened with Sabbath would be as if they went, you know what? That's a, Dad made this rule, and it's important. And we don't ever want to even come close to breaking that rule, so we're going to make a bunch of other new rules, including this. Never even get close to a street. We don't get anywhere near. We're going to stay 50 yards away from all streets. Like, that would be very far away from my intent. In fact, you need to cross streets at times. We just want to do it wisely. That's what ends up happening. The pendulum has swung. They went from not keeping Sabbath at all to keeping Sabbath for all the wrong reasons. And it had nothing to do with relationship. It only had to do with rules and regulations. They were misunderstanding who God was. We're going to turn to one more passage now on this, this journey of Sabbath through the scriptures. Mark chapter 2, which we uh, recently studied. 
Mark chapter 2, and Jesus is now being questioned about Sabbath. This is a, a very confused passage, oftentimes, one that's used for people like us to neglect Sabbath, but in, in fact says the opposite. Mark chapter 2, I'm going to begin in verse uh, 27. Then Jesus told them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let me read that one more time. Then Jesus told them, the one who is trustworthy always, no matter the moment, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Do you hear that? A, a perfect God who knows everything, who wants what is best for you, who can provide it. He said, let me make something good for you. Sabbath was made for man. We weren't made to keep the Sabbath. It's not a part of the, the Holy Scantron test where we have to follow the rules to get into heaven and escape hell. It's just a gift from a good God that loves you. It's a gift in a command. So what can end up happening is there's a lot of gray. What, what is Sabbath? How do we know what we're allowed to do during this devoted 24-hour period of time? And how do we know what we're not allowed to do? For some people, gardening would be a lot of work on the Sabbath day if you do physical labor maybe. For other people, it's rest. For some, exercising or working out is work. For others, they don't get to do that throughout the week. They're just at an office or in a cubicle or in this case, in today's day and age at home, working. And so it, it's healthy and refreshing for your body to move. There's, there's gray in this. Uh, I love how Comer provides a grid. He says this, when I Sabbath, I run everything through this grid. Is this rest? Is this worship? If the answer to both questions is yes, then I delight in it. If the answer is no, then I hold off until the next day because the Sabbath is not the same thing as a day off. Simply not working for your employer is not equivalent to Sabbath. There's a sweet spot there. There's a tension. There has to be rules for Sabbath to happen, but the rules need to be boundaries that protect us so that we can enjoy the gift God has given, not, not simply a bunch of regulations we obsess over. There's a difference. That's why we say we have practice groups for Sabbath because it is really, really hard. My family and I, did Sabbath yesterday, and I did a terrible job at it. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Number four, Sabbath is a declaration of hope and good. Sabbath is, is simply a day to stop, to, to take a deep breath, to sit and rest and relax, to look out and begin to see what is good. You probably haven't noticed this yet, but our culture is really excellent at one thing right now, seeing Everything that is awful, like everyone and their mother wants to tell you how awful the things they see are. It doesn't matter from what perspective. There's like no good left in our world. Everything is awful. And on the Sabbath day, God goes, just stop. Stop working and cultivating and creating and toiling, which are good things. Just stop and enjoy them because I didn't make you just to work. I made you to work. Work is good, but I made you to have relationship and to enjoy to delight in his creation. That's hard for us. We have so many things we worry about doing, levels that we want to reach, stuff to take care of. 
And oftentimes we don't just stop and give thanks. What would, our, what would our world look like? What would our families look like, our church, our country, our city, if we just were more grateful, if we practiced contentment and gratitude? Things would look quite different, but we're not good at that. Uh, I'm going to give you an example. I, I wrote this out on Friday. I was like, you know what, how do, I, how do I paint the picture of how we practice a different way of thinking? And so I just kind of closed my eyes and imagined what I wanted a Sabbath day to be like. And here's how it went. I walk out my back door in the morning with a great cup of coffee, and I sit down on my, my back patio on this uh, nice set of patio furniture, and I sit there, and I have this moment of gratitude because I didn't buy that furniture. Bill gave it to me, and I love it. And it's a great opportunity to be, God, thank you for Bill and his friendship. Thank you for this furniture that I get to sit on and enjoy uh, the, the backyard. What it isn't is a moment to look at that furniture and see, I have a dog named Nala. She's a husky, and huskies have a lot of fur. I need to get rid of all the fur on this patio furniture. It drives me crazy. There's a difference. I don't think about that on the Sabbath day. It's not the day to worry about that. It's a day to go, wow, how great that somebody made this furniture and Bill bought it and he provided it for me and I get to sit on it. There's something good about that. And then in my little imaginary Sabbath day, I, I look out and I see some weeds in my yard, but I just glance right over them because it's not a day to worry about what needs taken care of. And I, I look a little bit further over and I have some little... Uh, stock tanks that are little mini gardens, and I see some rosemary and basil and mint and cilantro and go, how cool. God made a world where we can grow plants, and you can, can cut them up and chop them and, and put them into different flavors for different types of meals and just enjoy. Like, God made that, and I grew that. That's crazy, and that's just good. Maybe we'll eat some of it later. Not thinking about the weeds that need pulled. And, and then I look at my kids and they're playing and laughing, and it's, it's joyful and good. And all I'm reflecting on is what a gift those sweet smiles and laughs are. What a gift those children are. I'm not thinking about the little things that are driving me crazy and the list of things that we got to work on and there needs to be discipline for this. As much as I can, I say yes. Yes, we can play in the sandbox. Yes, let's go ride bikes. Yes, let's go get donuts. You start to see this picture, and you go, oh, wow, that sounds nice. I look and I see my wife and I go, she is gorgeous. I am blessed. She is a gift. I think about the way that she loves the people in her life fiercely and they don't even recognize it. I go, she is a gift. I don't reflect on the argument we had the night before or how we're struggling to make this decision or that or how I drive her crazy when I do. No, we just stop. That, those issues, promise you, they will be there tomorrow. God says, one day a week, don't worry about it. Just enjoy what is good. I don't tech, or I don't respond to many texts. I don't look at my emails. We don't work. We just delight in God's good creation, and that is good for the soul. That was what I hoped was going to happen yesterday. It did not. We went to a Bosa Donuts in the morning, and it was like chaos. It was absurd, and Chelsea was staying in the car. I brought the kids in, one of my kids is yelling at me because she thinks I got the wrong donut for her. I'm like, just stop. I asked the lady. We got the right ones. I'm not being a nice dad. I'm angry. We get home. She was right. The lady got it wrong. So now I'm mad at the lady at the, the donut plate. I'm just, it is not good. It's not peaceful. It's not happy. I'm not delighting. It's not good. That's why I need practice at this as well. But Sabbath is this day to just remember, you know what? There's chaos in this world. 
We get that message real well right now. But there's something about one day a week. We're not saying we're going to ignore. We're not going to say there's not a lot of work to do. There is. But one day a week, we're going to say, you know what? I can guarantee that work, that effort, it's going to be there tomorrow. God says rest and delight in what is good. And that's actually going to help you make change tomorrow. It's going to help you be better at your vocation and a parent and a spouse and a friend, a brother, coworker, employee, employer. This is how God designed us. Lastly, Sabbath is, actually, I want to say this. I was thinking about this this morning because I knew we'd have donuts. It kind of doesn't make any sense that we ignore Sabbath. I mean, honestly, it's a little bit crazy. It's like, I, I love ice cream. I eat ice cream like every night. If someone like brought you the most delicious bowl of ice cream in the world and they're like, listen, this is the most flavorful, incredible ice cream that, that ever existed, and it's healthy, like it is the best food on the planet for your body, and my, wouldn't everybody just be like, please bring me a dump truck of the ice cream. I will keep eating it. That's like what Sabbath is. God goes, here, look, delight in what is good. We all find little glimpses of what is good. Take it, enjoy, and just have thankfulness and gratitude and contentment, and it'll be healthy for you. And we go, oh, gosh, how dare you, God? You're going to give me another command? Nope, I'm not going to. Like, that's insane. But that's what we do. The God of the universe is saying, here's this gift you need, and we ignore, and we ignore, and we ignore. Okay. Lastly, Sabbath functions as a, a software and, and hardware update. I'm addicted to this, uh, this thing, like most of us in society are. You have some kind of device, I could almost guarantee. If not, that's actually kind of cool and unique. But you've probably noticed how over time, you get all these software update notifications or your, your device, the iPhone will get slower and slower. And then if you shut it off and turn it back on or you do the software update, it, it starts improving and working better. And that's for a, a few different reasons. As you use your phone or computer or whatever it is, there's all kinds of programs and apps and, and things going on in the background, taking up the, the memory and the space. And so the processor runs slower, just doesn't work as well. And so when we shut it off or reboot it, it gets healthier again and it works better. You've experienced that. In addition, uh, there's always these technological wars going on that we're not aware of. So there's always new viruses and threats to our technology. And with each new update, often there's things to protect your technology from uh, the outside, from viruses and, and obstructions to your technology. It's the same for us and our humanity. Like if you don't do those updates on your phone, eventually your phone just stops working. Or, or it's just so slow, you click on like one page or one app or you try to make a phone call and there's like a 20 second delay and it, it causes all kinds of issues. Have you experienced that? It's the same in our humanity. Our relationships suffer. Your bodies physically suffer. Your mental health suffers. Your business suffers. Your friendships suffer when you don't just be honest and acknowledge the fact that we have a creator and that we are the created and that he presented this good gift. We spend the, the whole week listening to so many voices. Like, we don't even recognize it. Uh, I said it in a sermon, gosh, a, a while back. I forget, though. It's in the thousands of voices you hear from in the form of advertisements every single day. Thousands. There's all these voices demanding 
your allegiance, demanding your money, demanding your thoughts, demanding your devotion. Some of them are good, but not one of them is trustworthy always. So Sabbath is this day to go, I'm going to incline my ear, my eyes to see what the only person who is trustworthy wants me to see, hear, and feel. Have you ever been to a, to a play date or maybe some house where there's a bunch of moms with their kids and they're all sitting there and talking and having a good time, you think? And then a baby cries and it's a really fascinating thing to watch because there can be like six or seven moms and you hear this baby screamer cry and you think they'd all jump up and go see and that's not what happens. They just keep doing what they're doing as if nothing's wrong except for one mom. Every time, one mom just pops up instantly and goes, oh, hey, it's little Jimmy. I'm going to go see if he's okay. They run off, and they check on little Jimmy, and little Jimmy's fine, and then they come back, and they start talking again, and three to five minutes later, another child is screaming and crying or whatever, and you'd think, they're all going to go check. Nope. And the, the mom that got up before to check on little Jimmy, she's going to pop up. Nope. She's just calm as could be. And a different mom pops up and goes, oh, that's little Jessica's cry. I'm going to go check on her. And then she comes back. It's crazy. They don't... They, they know the exact voice, cry, tone of their child. They've practiced listening. They've heard it a million times. They can recognize the difference that I can't hear. Moms have this gift. Sabbath is, is similar. We have to practice tuning our ear to hear how Jesus is narrating the world. <laughs> What Jesus is saying about politics, what Jesus is saying about our finances, our health, our relationships, our friendships, the future, because there's so many voices crying out saying, listen, listen, listen. It takes practice to go, oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's not. Sabbath is this day, this devoted time where we rest in his voice that is trustworthy and needed. I'll read you a... One more quote from Comer. He says this, Sabbath is not just a pause button. It's a full, complete, total system restart. We power down, cool off, let the fan wind down, and then reboot. Sabbath is a chance to take a long, hard look at our lives and to retune them to the right key, to make sure that our life is shaped around what really matters. And when we see stuff in our life that is out of whack, then we can turn to Jesus, and he comes and does his healing Sabbath work. I'm just, I'm just convinced. Like if, if we care about each other in this world, God's answering our prayers. He has. He's like, I'm, I'm pretty good at designing this stuff. I've got it down. Just listen. This is a gift. Is it going to fix everything instantly? No. Let me tell you, it's going to be hard. You'll have withdrawals. It'll be brutal. This is why we have to practice because our culture says no. Like, Stay on your phone, work all the time, develop, cruise, keep going. This is the American dream. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not. Stop. It's not the right dream. Rest in me. Will we embrace that? I'll close with one last quote. I actually don't know who this is from. I read too many, <laughs> too many books and articles on this, but I think it's, it's really helpful. For those of us who believe the creator, who believe in the creator, excuse me, the Ten Commandments are gifts from the very hand of God. The first three commandments are about our relationship with the Lord. The fourth commandment is a bridge. It connects heaven and earth, God and people. The last six are about our relationship with humanity. Once a week, 
God walks out on the Sabbath bridge to meet us, but most of us are no-shows. We unapologetically stand up with the creator of the universe week after week. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you again that you are good and that you love us. I pray that you uh, provide your spirit to, to overwhelm us with that love, to give us understanding, God, of, of this gift of Sabbath, not to embrace it as a, as a rule, as a have to, but as a, as a get to, as a gift from you who knows us best and wants what is best for us. God, I, I pray as I, I have no doubt Satan wants to keep us far from this gift that you would help us move into it and practice it, to be there for each other through it. We thank you that you answer prayer. We thank you that you are, are moving, creating us clean hearts and a right spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.